0: Coming up, there is no good life without God. And we need to understand this because if we don't, we'll let other folk dictate to us what the good life is. And we will find ourselves trying to live that as a good life and find ourselves so miserable. So miserable trying to leave
1: and do what they said the good life was. Hello. And thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. It's a new year, and while you might be working on keeping those resolutions so you can have the good life you've been longing for, Pastor Robert wants us to examine our thoughts and beliefs on what we call good. Join us for this challenging message series, Living the Good Life. Here's the first message in the series, Not Without God.
0: I'm excited about today um, because we're going to be starting a new series. And this this new series has sort of got me a little fired up. (laughs) Um, Because I just think it's so critical for us to um, be successful in our living for God. And so I'm really fired up about it. And um, but we'll be starting this series. I'm not quite sure how long it's going to last, but uh, we'll keep walking with it. So if you can, um, I want to direct your attention to Psalm 34. Psalm 34. Um, It'll be on the screen. Um, You can read your Bible or your phone, whatever apparatus you like to use these days to uh, read God's word. But I'm going to be reading from the New American Standard Bible. um, Psalm 34 and verses 1 through 14 verses 1 through 14. Amen. It, It reads, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. O, oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord, and He answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to Him and were, radi- and were radiant, and their faces were will never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and who rescues them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For to those who fear him, there is no want. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. Teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves length of days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good seek peace and pursue it. Amen. The title of this series is entitled Living the Good Life. Living the Good Life. And today will be part one. Living the Good Life. I know you've heard that term before, read it, said it, the good life. The good life. As we Read, read through the psalm. This is a psalm of David. It might seem curious that we would use this psalm to reflect living the good life because you may not have picked up on the good in the life in the psalm. But we're going to walk through that. But it may also seem that David wrote this psalm when things was good when things was going well, you might make that assumption. If you did, I will politely and kindly tell you that your assumption is wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. He actually wrote it when things was pretty bad. It was, it was pretty bad. But as you see, he, he said in verse 8, oh, but oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. David wrote this psalm after he had been through a real trouble, some real trouble, a real trying trouble. Um, As you know, there was a point in which Saul, the king, was trying to kill him, and he was on the run. He was living in caves and trying to keep from being assassinated, (laughs) And, uh, and during that time, he went out into some desert place, and he was living in places nobody liked to go because it was one of the safest places to be because ain't nobody coming here. But he got very, very discouraged there. I mean, he, his spirit got real, real low. And so he got so low that he decided that he would leave that place and go and hang out with the Philistines. <laughs> and the, the king took him in. Now, understand, remember, David, he had whooped the Philistines before. <laughs> and now he's going to hang out with some enemies, folks he's fought before. And then the king took him in. And, but that's how low he got. I just want to make sure you get that he was that low. And while he was there, there was some mumbling among some of the Philistines and saying, ain't this David, ain't this the one where they sang, David killed 10,000s and and he heard this and he heard that rumbling. And then he got afraid like, wow, I probably made a mistake coming here. (laughs) And so to get out of the situation he acted like a man madman he just he just acted crazy he went crazy he, he thought that was cause him to you know to not want to kill him <laughs> and, and and that's what happened the king kicked him out he was just acting too crazy you know you messing up my thing here get out of here david and so david had to go he left but after he left he re- he wrote this psalm and he realized that he may he had made a mistake Not trusting God in the first place to even go to this place was a mistake. And so he write this and we're going to unpack some of the things he said in here in the context of the good life, the good life. On your paper, write this down. Some requirements for living the good life. Some requirements for living the good life. I had somebody ask me before about the good life. <laughs> they asked me, well, Pastor, what do, how would you defy, describe the good life? I, I told them uh, basically that there, there, you, you can't have good life without God. okay that that that, good life don't don't exist without god now now y'all know we live in a culture that don't see that as truth (laughs) okay that's that's where we live but we're gonna unpack this biblically and see why there is no good life without god and we need to understand this because if we don't We'll let other folk dictate to us what the good life is, right. and we will find ourselves trying to live that as a good life and find ourselves so miserable, mm. so miserable, trying to lead and do what they said the good life was. F- folks telling you what the good life is will have you retiring before you should right. you know you you go to h r and turn your papers in saying "I'm going to retire because you've been. Talking to people in the hallway, and they be, they've been asking you like, because they they look at you and they know you've been here a while, and they can tell that you retirement age, and they keep asking you when 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 you leaving. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, it's like it don't cease, it don't stop. Anytime somebody gets you cornered in the in at the at the water cooler, at the coffee pot, in the restroom, they always got to say, so so how long you been here now? When you gonna get out of here? And you keep hearing that, and you start to feel bad that you're still here. It's funny how folk can make you feel like you're not supposed to be there. And so if you think that, if you let people dictate to you what the good life is, you turn in your papers. And and your your retirement plan is insufficient. It's only gonna take you five years up the road. But you done turned your papers in already because they have they have communicated to you that the good life is retiring, going on vacations and, and, and hanging out and doing nothing. You know, whatever you want to do. And they have said that that's the good life. But I got something to tell you today. From the very beginning, when God made man, God made work honorable. He made work honorable. So you so don't be one of the ones trying to push people out the door and telling them when you leaving? Cause you'll be going in the opposite direction. God is in terms of honoring work. You know, because God told Adam in the in the garden, gave him work right away. So work is honorable. Work is honorable. And so folks will have you chasing the good life. And going in the wrong direction if you let them. So hopefully you're going to pick this up today. I'm going to give you 11 requirements for the good life today. You're going to get 11 of them. all right. And I want to lay this as a foundation for the rest of the series because I want to make sure you understand in your spirit what the good life really is, not what the world says it is. The first one is this. Number one, it requires the involvement of God in your life. I said that already, but I'm saying it again. And the good life requires the involvement of God in your life because there's no good life without God. Amen. Luke 18 18 through 19 says this A certain ruler asked him. This ruler was talking to Jesus. And deeper down in the passage, not what we got on, the, on your paper we find out this ruler was pretty wealthy. So he wasn't just a ruler, he was a rich man. And this rich man, and he was young, he was young and rich. Y'all, y'all know it's a difference, <laughs> I gotta say it, you know it's a difference in being old and rich. It's a difference, okay, it's different. All right, I hope y'all understand that. Because if you if you're young and rich, you, you got the energy, the vitality, the the uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The boldness to do some crazy stuff with your riches. OK, you know, this is, so it's a different you, you know, you, 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 you will step out there and do some stuff when you're young because you physically can. And then your 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 curiosity is just through the roof. But hopefully when you're old, if you was old and rich, you hopefully you're a little wiser and you, you know how to handle that money and that resource a little bit better. So this was a young, rich man talking to Jesus. Get the picture now. And the, 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 the gospel of Matthew, Mark and Luke records the story. And one of them tells us that he ran up to Jesus. To have this conversation. A young, rich, running man, <laughs> okay, is talking to Jesus. And look what he says here. He says, and the certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit in eternal life? Y'all, y'all there. This this rich young man is asking Jesus, Jesus about a good thing he could do to get eternal life. Right. This person who by even our standards today, most folks will say he's living the good life, right? right? He would, wouldn't he fall into that category? Right. Young and rich. Okay. I remember, uh, uh, some old co-workers, some older co-workers I had, they would come up to me and they say, What's up, young man? <laughs> right. And I say, How you how, how you how you doing, sir? Or something. And they say, Man, if if I had your hands, I cut mine off. <laughs> you know, because they 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 say they wanna what they really saying, I want to be young again. And I would tell them, Well I don't even know if I'm gonna even reach your age. I don't even know. You, you, are, you got some place. I don't even know if I'm gonna get there. Yeah. But they would say that I'll cut my arms off if I had yours. And so he he runs to Jesus and he asks this question. Look how Jesus responds, verse 19. Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. Isn't that interesting? And Jesus says, No one is good except God alone. He, he was really saying, he, he, Jesus wasn't saying, it was wrong for you to call me good. He just was saying, why are you calling me good? He wanted to see whether or not this young man understood what good really is. That's what he wants want saying. And I'm, I'm telling you today that God is asking you the same thing. Do you understand what good really is? And Jesus tells him, ain't nobody good but God. Nobody's good but God. So Jesus is really saying, uh, (laughs) I'm God, so you're right to call me good. But I just don't know why. I don't know if you understand why you're calling me good. See, only God can define what good is just based upon what Jesus said. Jesus says there's no one that's good but God, so he's the only one who can truly define good. This is important, y'all. This is critical to our Christian walk. And let me tell you why. In creation, after each day, God said, the scripture says that God saw it was good. And then... On the sixth day when he made man, the scripture says he saw it was very good. So, so this is critical that, God, you, that we let God define goodness to us. And we know what good's supposed to look like. Because after creation, he said it was very good. So when we start talking about the good life, we need to understand how it's defined by God. And so God tells him there's no one good but God. This young man, though he would be considered living the good life by social standards, did not really have the ability to conceive goodness. James 1:17 says every good and perfect gift is from God coming down from the father of heavenly lights. So we know that only God can define good. Number two, write this down. It requires praise to God in your life. Living the good life requires praise to God in your life. Psalms 34, 1 and 2 says, This is David talking again. And remember, this is after he realized he had made a mistake and he was in a bad condition. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. So David is saying, even though I'm still on the run, I'm going to bless the Lord all time at all times. Even when I'm down and and God's is going to get my boast, not me. My soul will boast in God, not in myself, David declares. So it's 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 a requirement to praise God to live the good life. Number three. It requires seeking God in your life if you're going to live the good life. It requires seeking God in your life to live the good life. Psalm 34 and 10 and verse 10 says, uh, verse four says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Y'all see what happened? David said. While on the run from Saul, I sought God, and God delivered me from my fears. So when you when you're living the good life, one of the byproducts is you will see a, a decreasing of your fears. You'll see a decreasing of your fears. Because you seek the Lord. Uh, the fourth requirement is: write this down. Oh, verse 10. I'm sorry. Verse 10. Verse 10 says, David goes on and says, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. Y'all see that in his bad state, David said there's something about seeking the Lord that provides you with goodness. you with goodness. So number four, fourth requirement. It requires calling out to God in your life. It requires calling out to God in your life, the good life. One thing I want you to note as we walk through this list. And this is one of the things I love about God. (laughs) Is that. The good life the requirements of the good life, anybody can do. You, you, you don't have to have you know, a big bank account. David was in a bad situation. He was still living a good life. You, you don't have to have a whole lot of connections. You don't even have to have a whole lot of Facebook friends to, to live the good life. That's right. Anybody can do it. So notice that as we walk through So uh, it says in uh, Psalms 34 6 It requires calling out to God In your life 34 6 the poor man cried This poor man cried and the Lord Heard him and saved him out of All his troubles This poor man cried This is a deep emotional Call it's not just an intellectual call. It's not folks saying, well, you know, I prayed about it. Yeah, It's, it's not that, that's, that's, that's not deep enough. It's, it's a deeper call. It's like, Lord, I'm praying about this. I'm calling on you, Father.
1: You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have
0: never said yes to Jesus Christ. You know, God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin so that you could live with him forever. If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I sinned against you. I've made some mistakes in my life. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and my mistakes and I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me to reflect the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to personally welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to connect with the church near you so that you can learn more about Jesus, grow closer to God, and to other believers. God bless you.
1: To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time
0: there's something about being in the right relationship with God. Let me give you an example about God's ears being open to their cry. You could be at a in a mall, at a, a uh, at Great America, Disneyland, anywhere. There's all kind of commotion going on. But if your child within the crowd cries. you will with all the other noises going on you will hear your child's cry in between all the other sounds all the bells and whistles you'll hear your child's cry that's that's what this text is saying that god hears the righteous cry
1: thank you for listening